0: This is Yehuda Cohen of The Struggle. They don't want you to hear what we have to say. Israel National Radio, the only independent news network in the Middle East. They want you to believe what you see on CNN and BBC and Fox News. They're trying to shut us down and we need your help. So please, go to IsraelNationalRadio.com. Top of the page, you'll find a Support Us button. Click on it and give a little something to Israel National Radio.
1: Shalom and welcome to all of you lovers of Hashem, His Torah, and Israel. This is the Noahide Nation Show. I'm your co-host, Ray Patterson, and I'd like to go ahead and officially introduce our new co-host, will be replacing uh, Jim Long, who is uh, otherwise occupied with a great deal of running around the world. He's got a lot of things he's working on with his videos and shooting documentaries, giving lectures on his Riddle of the exodus. So uh, Jim is uh, listening, but no longer with the show, and I'm going to go ahead and officially bring on board my friend and co-host of No Hide Nations, Mr. Adam Penrod. Adam, how you doing?
0: Hey, Ray, how you doing? It's nice to be here. You know, uh, it's too bad that that Jim, you know, isn't going to be here anymore, doing his running around the world. I, I, will, I will promise one thing to our listeners, and that is they won't have to worry so much about that with me, because um, I'm not as fast <laughs> as Jim. There's no way I can run around the world. I'm just, I'm very slow. So, uh, but uh, yeah, I'm very glad to be here with you uh, doing these shows. I'm very excited.
1: Well, Adam, it's good to have you here, and I know that the audience is going to uh, gain a, a, a great deal of wisdom and knowledge by having you on this show. And for me, personally, it's it's great to have you here because we've known each other for a long time. Uh, we have a great deal of respect and uh, admiration for each other and what we're doing here on uh, Noahide Nations and for Israel National Radio. In fact, uh, what we're going to start doing is uh, speaking a little bit towards the emails that uh, we here at Noahide Nations have been getting from our listeners, who are very much interested in uh, going a little bit more in-depth on the Noahide laws themselves. We got a lot of response from my solo show, Uh, when I did go deeper, and so Adam and I have decided that uh, we are going to do that. We're going to get into these laws uh, uh, pretty heavily and uh, hope that you'll respond with your questions and comments. When you do, please just send them to Noah Hyde at IsraelNationalRadio.com. Today, uh, Adam and I have decided we're going to be kind of talking about uh, a journey to redemption as it were. What I like to call
0: um, the path of the confused non-Jew. Basically, uh, you know, how does, the, how does a person, what, what, is the, what is the current modus operandi of a person who is, who is coming to become a Noahide? Where do they come from?
1: So what we're going to do today is kind of talk on the path. It seems the most typical for uh, those who ultimately become Noahides and remain Noahides as gentle, as gentle, as Gentiles. Forgive me. (laughs) We'll call them gentle Gentiles. The path that I'm referring to is basically one that I've traveled. I know that uh, Adam has has traveled this, at least in part. We'll hear more from him about it. But it's a path that uh, generally starts in, in Christianity with the, a sincere heart for the truth of Hashem and, and His Word, usually will lead us into the what's known as the Messianic movement. And again, with continued study and, and seriousness in your heart and prayer to Hashem, you are then guided out of the Messianic movement and into the Noahide movement, which offers the ultimate truth. So this is kind of where we're going to go today. Is kind of a, a, a preface, a, a first show, if you will, to getting to the the in depth discussions on the uh, Noahide laws themselves.
0: Well, knowing where we came from is going to help us outline and go more in depth into some of these Noahide laws. Uh, I, I know probably some of our listeners are actually curious about this. Not only that, but you know I'm very interested in it. I've, I found uh, we were actually reading. Uh, found an article online discussing the issue of uh, amazingly enough, the, it seems like the uh, that uh, one of the, the the top sources of uh, converts and people who are coming to Judaism, coming to become Noahides, even becoming to perhaps convert to Judaism, is actually coming out of the Messianic movement. Um, right, right. It's it's amazing because you know uh, actually a few years ago. Um, I knew a Christian who asked me what I thought of the, the Messianic movement. I said, well, I don't think much about it. It's not something that, uh, you know, I worry about or think about, and I certainly don't like it, because it, 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 in some ways it seems like it's it's trying to, you know, take Judaism, Christianity, sometimes make them friends in a very disingenuous way. But, you know, since then, I've, I, you know, as I've, I've learned and come to meet people who are coming out of that or who have been involved in that, you know, the one thing that I, that all these people seem to have is a sincere and genuine love of Torah and Israel, or at least the ones that I've met. the The, the problem is, is uh, you know, typically with their leadership. This is this is really the the issue that it right. comes down to is the leadership in these movements. But the people themselves who are in it, you know, you can't help but you, you know, you can't help but have your heart go out to them. You know, right. these, who are so sincere and, and and really love Hashem.
1: Well, and it's even more important to have that passion. Uh, for these folks, simply because we were there. I mean, we've sat in the same pew that these people are sitting in right now today, and they're just on a a different part of the path than we are at this point. And it's inevitable you're always going to have that. Also, I I have found uh, over the years in coming to uh, be a Noahide that the idea of, uh, shall I say, bashing christians over the head for their beliefs or bashing messianic people over the head for their belief is totally uh, uncalled for and not only that it doesn't even work all it does is uh, makes them dig in deeper and and want to fight back harder for what they believe in it's human nature to do that and we have to give them the opportunity to study it out and learn with our help, if they ask to come to Hashem's truth.
0: Well, it's not just—it's not just a head issue either, because and I think this is one of the things we need to talk about. There's much more going into a person coming out of Christianity in general, but specifically the Messianic uh, movement of, of Christianity, and that's even the, this emotional attachment that they that they have to to their beliefs in uh, in Jesus.
1: Well, and I, you know, Adam, that's a, a critical point that you mentioned because I, I really believe that is part of the problem. I, I know it was for me, and that's this connection. Uh, and it's really not a, a spiritual connection, it's an intellectual connection that is in part spiritual because they call it salvation. When you have the threat hanging over you of losing your salvation, that is a, a tremendous fear factor that absolutely comes into the equation of whether or not you stay with everybody else or whether you move to where there's not so many, even though that is where your heart is drawn. Because many people, for, for a lot of them, it is a social gathering. And even beyond that, even if they are sincerely seeking the truth, it's very difficult to leave behind those friends that you've established over the years, those relationships, relationships, uh, not to mention your family. Uh, I know for me, when uh, my wife and I, you know, began to realize who we really were, uh, it was a, a horrific experience uh, in in letting our families know. Uh, my gosh, we we you're not going to be celebrating Christmas. What are you crazy? what are you are you on drugs and what are you doing? It was absolutely a roller coaster ride that if it weren't for the seatbelts we had on, we'd have been thrown out of the car for sure. Well,
0: well you know the funny thing is is that there are actually even these messianic Christians who actually go through some of that as well because they have uh, they, they've taken a path in Christianity which is much more foreign than what other people are used to. It's very Jewish. In the sense that uh, they take on different uh, Jewish holidays and they even give up some Christ- Christian holidays like christmas i right. 've met a number of, of messianics who stop celebrating Christmas, so in some ways they, they sort of make they, they sort of in stepping a- away from traditional Christianity, whether it be Roman Catholicism or its um, Protestantism, they are actually uh, already taking a step that in some ways is alienating them from their families and friends, which takes quite a bit of courage. The, the trick here, I think, and you know, we've, 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 we, I think one thing we need to emphasize is that we're not suggesting in any way that because we have these feelings and our heart goes out for these folks and and, and and that we understand where they're coming from, that therefore it's fine for them to stay where they are. Actually, you and I would like to see them continue on the journey. Exactly. I think though we have to understand that they are on a journey, and we have to be patient with them as they're they're going across on this journey of theirs. But we shouldn't we shouldn't we, we shouldn't be fearful that, you know, that you know, with where they are because it's not a an immediate process. It's not something that happens instantaneously. It's not something that is just, you know, oh, this is the truth, therefore I'm going to pursue it. But the good news is, and this is the real good news. This is the, this is the real gospel that I, you know, I want to share with everybody out there. The good news is is that these folks have actually have the courage to pursue truth. That's what's brought them into where they are now with messianic Judaism, or I'm sorry, I say messianic. I mean messianic Christianity. <laughs> I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to. You know, uh, messianic Christianity. It, it, it brought them to that point, and now they just need to. They just need to, to to rely on that courage to take the next step to keep following that path to keep, you know, going on that journey. Some people aren't able to. You know, there comes a there comes a point in time where a person comes to a realization, and that realization is that something's got to give. There there is a conflict here, and some people decide that the conflict. And what is the conflict? The conflict is that you have Christianity, which is largely founded on on Greek theology, and then you have Judaism on the other side, which is the, the the people who maintain the Torah for generation after generation, what's the problem? They don't agree with each other, and so what you're forced to do is you is you hit a point in the road where you have to say you you have one of three options. Option number one is you say, you know, I thought that getting into this messianic Christianity was a great idea to get back to my my Hebrew roots as a Christian, but it's just too darn Jewish. And, returning, and then from there, returning back to the church that they, that they knew. Right. Option number two, stay where they are. Right? Which happens. It happens. People just, you know, they find a they find the comfort level and decide this is where I'm going to be. Option number three, which is the most difficult but most rewarding option, and that is, you know what? There are a lot of problems with this... Uh, with this Greek theology that I'm that I'm trying to, in some way, justify through the Hebrew teachings, um, I need to leave that alone. I need to embrace Torah Judaism. I need to I need to either become a, a Noahide or I need to become you know I need to convert. And those are the three those are the three questions those are the three options a person has to confront at some point. Right, and,
1: and I think that point comes near the end. Of the part of the journey which takes them out of idolatry, uh, on the other side of uh, the coin, uh, we also have uh, people who uh, they're, they're they're trying to be Jewish. For some reason, their study of the New Testament has declared to them that they are the new Israel, and so therefore they they can. Be, be Jewish. I know in the uh, Messianic congregation that my wife and I were in, there were people who actually wore uh, tallits with zitzit, which, you know, it, 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 clearly that is not what a Gentile is supposed to be doing. But because they are looking like a Jew, they're feeling like a Jew, they're gathering on Shabbat, and, and, and these kinds of, of thoughts transpose into emotionalism which is what happens to lock people in. If they can get past the emotionalism of it all and truly study Hashem's Torah and the Tanakh, the whole Tanakh, but in particular the Torah, that will lead them out of this idolatry because it's inescapable. If you're you're seeking uh, Hashem's truth with all your heart and you are studying to get there, actually doing something to get there, Hashem will bring you out. I
0: think you said something really important there, and I think that to summarize the point that I, I heard you making, um, it's if for a person to make real progress. At some point, they need to embrace who they are. You know, and, and, and the problem is, is embracing a Jewish identity by wearing a kippah and talit and tzitzit and having all these outward signs of being Jewish. The problem is, is that is that you know when you ask these people, you know, you know more often than not. Uh, what 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 uh, mitzvot? Which commandments do you keep? Right? It's like, well, I'm wearing tzitzit, <laughs> I'm wearing a kippa, hey. you know. And, and it has nothing to do with with the the aspects of actually keeping the Torah, right? Keeping the Torah, keeping Shabbat, keeping you know everything they're supposed to keep. But you know, honestly, you know, if you want to go to that extent, then you need to just con- convert at that point. But that's not really what's going on. They, there's a, a desire to present themselves in a sense as being outwardly Jewish, but internally they're still very much a Gentile. And I think in part, maybe the reason for that is maybe there's a, a certain amount of shaming being a Gentile. Maybe they don't think that being a Gentile is, is so, such a great thing. But I'll tell you that what they really need to be doing, and this will solve a lot of their problems, is they need to embrace the fact that they're not a Jew. Right. That's the, that's the right. first best thing they can do is say, you know what, I'm not a Jew. And guess what? Hashem says that's okay. Not only is that okay, but Hashem has prepared for me a wonderful priesthood. This is one of the things that I've always found found fascinating in the in the uh, in the first uh, parsha Bereshit Genesis. Right? We have Rashi trying to understand what does this mean? This word Bereshit in the beginning, right? And one of the things that one of the interpretations he comes into, without getting involved in understanding Rashi, I'll just tell you one of the interpretation it comes to is for the sake of those things called first god created the world and what are those things called first well you know one of them is torah the other one is israel because without those two elements the world would not exist so why does why is it so important that a torah and israel exist well i think part of the secret there is that israel is meant to be a priesthood and that, if you think about it like this, that without this priesthood, without this Torah, the purpose of the world wouldn't exist. What does that mean? Because the world needs a priesthood. Because prior to Israel, we saw in the time of Noah and all the generations leading up to Israel that the Torah would, would be revealed, that people would have knowledge of Torah, and it would disappear. And then God would have to say, "Hello, my name is Hashem. Good to meet you." He'd reintroduce Himself in the Torah once again, and it would become lost. But Hashem wanted all of mankind to have a relationship with him, right. wanted them to draw close to him. And he said, the world needs a priesthood.
1: Right. And, well, what,
0: a, and what a wonderful priesthood he's given us.
1: Uh, absolutely. And uh, you know, I'll, I'll, we owe them greatly for their preservation of uh, Hashem's Torah. You know, it's interesting because we tend to call this a, a, a spiritual journey. And and it is to a degree, but it's really a, a a journey that you really truly don't understand the destination other than the word salvation. And salvation, let's face it, uh, folks, it, it is a vitally important thing for all of us. But what it is beyond just a journey? It's searching. Each one of us have been given the the, the spark. We're, we're all searching. I remember the, the big phrase back in the 60s was, well, I'm, I'm looking for myself. I'm searching for myself. Well, the reality is is your, your soul is reaching back to the source of life. And when we ask the question, why are some people more drawn to, to Torah and into Judaism than others, it's because that spark is so overwhelming and that they're allowing that spark to direct them. And that's what gets people to where, like where we are now. And the other thing that needs to be clearly understood is that Christianity is is not a, I, I guess to a degree, it is a stepping stone to the, you know, becoming Messianic. And then Messianic is another stepping stone to being Noahide. But Noahide by no means is a stepping stone to becoming Jewish. Now, in having said that, If you do decide to convert, if you have lived your life as a Noahide for a number of years, I mean, lived it, I'm not talking about read about it and talked about it, I'm talking about lived your life as a Noahide, the conversion process is going to be far more easier for you than a typical Gentile who has never really experienced living your life as a Noahide. And not only that, it makes the, the role and the job of the rabbi that much easier as well.
0: It's, it's very nice. Um, you know, when um, I, I went through the con- conversion process, of course, didn't finish it, but went through it, it was my understanding, it was my, my, my life experiences living as a Noahide first, um, learning Torah that really helped me be able to make more of a transition into into Judaism. The world made so much more sense. But I'll tell you, even as a Noahide, there were definitely difficulties. <laughs> were, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'm the, I'll never forget. And, and you know, I'm not the only one. I've seen lots of Gentiles react this way. But uh, the, the, the the first time that I actually cracked open an arch scroll siddur <laughs> to try to pray because I was like going. You know, as a Jew, I'm going to, have to do this three times a day. I need to start learning how to pray. And so there I I, I open it up and I go, Okay, Shem, I'm ready to to, to to start doing it. And I start reading and I and I and at some point I'm reading and reading and reading. And I go, How long am I gonna be doing this? And then you know, of course you start flipping through and you go, What? <laughs> all of this? I'm gonna be I'm gonna be praying all you know, just you know, pages and pages and pages and pages. I mean and then you start being looking at the whole book and it's 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 like four or five inches thick, you know, and you're going what are these, are these guys crazy, what are they What are they doing, and, you know, it's just sort of, you know, you're, you know, shock and awe at once, you know, you're, you're shocked that anybody would ever consider, you know, spending that much time praying, and then you're also at the same time awe that, you know, they could, you know, do this for three times a day. Of course, it's, you know, as you start doing it, it becomes easier, and you understand you pray this, you don't pray that, and, you know, and you do this, and you do that, and not all prayers, you know, shock rate is the big one, and then, you know, the other two are not so bad. But um, beyond the, the prayer book, there was a lot to get used to. But, you know, still having that Noahide experience prepared me. But even more so, if you really understand what you can do and what you can accomplish as a Noahide, whether you convert or not, one of the nice things is is that being a Noahide gives you the opportunity to see what living like a Jew in some ways would be like. Right. Because you can take on additional commandments. Exactly. Right? You have to do it the way that they're supposed to be done. But you can take on these additional commandments and kind of try them on, see if it's something you want to do. And you can actually kind of raise yourself in, in holiness, if if you will. You can kind of sort you can you can add on additional things, become you know more pious. But everybody's allowed to come at this at their own level. It's it's a very nice thing that that Noahides have this tremendous freedom to again confront who they are and to accept who they are as an individual, and then be able to 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 come to the Torah. In in, in that way, you know, some people are are, are very much into doing lots and lots of commandments. Some people are not into doing so many commandments, but each person is able to, uh, you know, come at their own uh, need level.
1: Now, please remember, folks, this journey that Adam and I are speaking to you about today by no means is an easy task, and we're certainly not here to pretend that it is. And we know it is difficult because we ourselves have gone through it. So if you have any questions, any comments, uh, wish to share with us uh, just what you might be going through at this particular time and and, and how to deal with it, please, we're as close as your keyboard. Just send your emails to noahide at israelnationalradio.com. Well, we're coming up against a a break. You have to let Israel National Radio pay a few bills, so uh, we're going to go ahead and do that. Uh, Adam and I are talking about the journey uh, to becoming a, a Noahide and a more righteous Gentile, and we look forward to coming back on the other side of the break here on Noahide Nations. See you soon.
0: Visit Jerusalem, the Dead Sea, and more through Tour Plus. Our special packages combine hotels, tours, and everything. My family loved Pesach in Israel. With glad kosher food and matzah shmurah, they got a great package deal on Israel's leading hotels. For your hassle-free trip to Israel this Passover, visit tourplus.co.il and click on English at the top. Tour Plus made everything so easy. Call Tour Plus for the complete vacation.
1: Now you may be wondering, how can I listen to Israel, Israel National News? Well, if you got internet, this is the way to do it. IsraelNationalRadio.com Oh, IsraelNationalRadio.com IsraelNationalRadio.com Welcome back, folks. We're here on the other side of the break. We appreciate you sticking around with us. Um, My new co-host, Adam Penrod, and I are discussing the journey that uh, oftentimes a a Gentile takes in becoming a Noahide. For us, we we have to acknowledge that this is really a, a Western world path. If you're very, in the Middle East, obviously that that path is going to be somewhat different.
0: Probably much more dangerous too. Yeah, right. uh, <laughs> right. you know, this is very much an American path. I, I think this is an American and probably Bible belt ish path. Because uh, you know, most of the uh the, the Noahides that I've met and known and have, have generally been from the Bible belt area.
1: Well I, I I think one of the key things here is to understand uh, where Messianic Christianity came from. It goes back to the, the, the founders who actually created this uh, new religion, I'm going to call it, with the idea of being more Jewish because people have a, that are leaning towards Torah can be very comfortable in this sort of setting. So by looking Jewish, sounding Jewish, reading the Parsha's, doing the blessings, meeting on Shabbat, it makes people feel like Jews when, as Adam mentioned, what really needs to be done is people need to identify themselves, who they are, and, and what they want to be to get on the proper path. Now, for the founders of this Messianic movement, uh, their original intent was to basically evangelize Jews. They weren't really trying, I I shouldn't really say that, they were trying to bring in as many non-Jews as possible. But in order for the movement to really gain strong credibility and be able to sustain itself over an extended period of time and justify its existence, they had to be proselytizing Jews to become like them. And that, has not worked out, and well, but, that's the good news, my friends.
0: Well, because at the time, um, the other methods of evangelism had not worked yet either. Right? Uh, it was, you know, very much, a, you know, a, a, a real failure because the, the Jews are like Christianity equals persecution, death, being kicked out of our homeland, no longer being part of the family of the Jewish people. I mean, it, it had so many different negative connotations, and so this was an attempt to put more of a positive spin on it to make them feel like they could still be Jewish, that they weren't really giving up anything. And I will say that I think out of the methods for getting Jews into Christianity, the Messianic movement has probably been the most successful. But even its success
1: hasn't been... No, it's, it's, <laughs> it's minimal at best. I mean, yeah. when you read articles or uh, listen to them talk about statistics... It, it's very amusing because the, one of the statistics I read in the article that you mentioned was that 80% of the people who attend these Messianic synagogues are Gentiles, which means that only 20% are actually Jewish. And this movement's been going on for a number of years, and this was a reverend who was quoting this statistic, and when you talk about those who uh, are really in the know about the true statistic, they'll tell you, no, the number's actually 90-10. Yeah. So we we once again can give credit to the to the to the rabbis the uh, the Jewish people for fending off yet another additional attempt of converting people into idolatry.
0: And this was this is what I disliked about the messianic movement. I said earlier that I didn't think much about it. I wasn't I didn't like it at all. You know I had some very insulting feelings towards the messianic movement, and it was this aspect that I disliked the attempt to bring people to the religion through deception, the attempt is to present yourself as if you were a Jew so that you could better able get them into becoming a Christian, you know, it, which is a very different thing. It's a completely different religion. Well, and
1: that's, that's the whole premise of every idolatrous religion. Every religion that is not of Torah is based on deception, and then that deception is reinforced through fear.
0: Well, and, you know, I, I remember um, a, a couple of years ago, I, I found a, a, uh, actually a statistic online about um, the, the, the theological beliefs of Christianity and Judaism and Islam. And it turns out that Christianity and Judaism, actually, on a theological basis, they, they're, they're only in about 50% agreement. They're only about half and half. They have certain things they agree on, and, and it's only about 50%. Actually, Judaism has more in common with Islam but well, there's more of a 70%, 70%, 76% level of agreement regarding you know theological beliefs and whatever else. Uh, largely that's because Judaism and Islam are both law religions, right. Christianity is the faith religion.
1: Right. Well, I, I think we, we need to help the listeners uh, try and understand this uh, journey a little bit better. The thing you most definitely need to hang on to uh, is the number one priority is to seek Hashem, with all of your heart. If you are doing that, if you are genuinely doing that, and by that I mean you don't care where the truth is, all you want is the truth. You don't want somebody else's truth. You don't want your man-made truth. You want the truth. And so long as that is the goal of your heart, if you just simply study uh, the five books of Moshe, and the entire Tanakh, but I would definitely Uh, uh, start by dissecting the five books of Moshe and reading commentaries about what is being written there and get out of this idea of listening to somebody else's interpretation of it because with certainty over the thousands of years the Jewish people know what's going on and to listen to the great sages I shouldn't say listen to the great sages but to read what the great sages have in the way of commentary on virtually every chapter and verse in the Torah, it will wake you up in ways that you never thought possible before. With the whole idea being, as I'm going towards the truth, I'm going towards my Creator's truth. And I can assure you, with the heart for it, you will get there, even if you're by yourself in a community of two you are going to get there because Hashem is going to help you get there.
0: And let me tell you that this brings up the issue. Um, maybe we could give people a a little advice on how to how to put this desire into action. How? Okay. So you 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 said you know Ray, you've got a great point. I need to. I'm gonna, I'm going. I, I definitely agree with you. I'm going to pursue Hashem, pursue the truth of God with all my heart. I want to know the truth. I don't care what it means. So what do we do next, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you said you, start, you should start reading Torah. You should start reading the Tanakh. But not just reading it. Not just reading it. Because remember, up to this point, one of the problems that, that, that has interfered with your, your path to truth has been for a number of years of your life, you've had a little birdie telling you how to read the text, what it means. How do you understand this? How do you understand that? Here's what you need to do. This is This is the secret. To really understanding the Hebrew Scriptures, and that is, pay very careful attention to what I'm going to say. It may sound simple, but it is a profound and very hopeful truth. It's something that you need to, to to really adapt in your studies. When you read the Torah, try to understand what the author is saying. What the author is saying, not what you're saying, not what Brother Bob has said, or Rabbi Chaim, or you know, whoever understand what the, understand what the author is trying to say, and that's not just with the Torah, but if you need a little help because you don't quite understand and you want to get a commentary, again, apply this mindset to reading what the, the commentator will say. What is the commentator's point? What are they trying to? What kind of information are they trying to give to you? Because this is the only way you're going to learn how to discern or understand the text.
1: Well, and it's really the only way that you can discern for yourself. But you have to start somewhere, and uh, it's very easy. We always get caught up into the trap of, well, if I just read it, I I can figure it out. Sometimes that's true, but not in in all cases on all of the text. That's why having the commentators as a guide will help you gain the discernment necessary for you to come to certain conclusions and understandings in your own heart. But right. without them, your interpretations can be, quite frankly, a dangerous weapon being held to your throat.
0: Right, because, you're because again, you've, you've got years and years of this is how you understand this stuck in your head. So the first thing you're going to do when you read it is you're going to go, oh, well, I already understand what this means. You, you really don't, more than likely. You have to really pay attention to what the author is saying. Sometimes, like what Ray is saying, is that you know really to help you get over that hurdle you need to look at it from a different perspective absolutely and it helps if you have a commentary where the, the rabbi can give you that help but you have to understand what, what what he's saying and what he's not saying you know you have to when you're reading it when you when you're reading a book it's important it's just as important to know what the the person is saying as well as what they're not saying you need to understand even why they're saying what they're saying what is the problem that the commentator is trying to overcome this is a this is a big this is a big this is understanding Rashi, right? When you're sitting down, understanding Rashi, what's bothering Rashi? Well, this is the same with all commentators. The only reason they write something is because they're going, "Geez, this is really complicated. This is very confusing. <laughs> what does this mean?" And then they write their comment. They go, "Well, after many hours of research, you know, this is what I understand this to mean." So they're very helpful to help you kind of bridge that gap. Now, I'm not saying blindly follow anything because that that doesn't help your understanding either. What I'm suggesting is is Understand what the author's point is, and this is going to allow you to 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 actually pursue truth because you're you're understanding another perspective, another way to look at it, and you're also learning. You're learning how to understand better.
1: Right, and I think uh, one of the the critical statements that you made was following blindly, and I think for most of us, that's what we have done through most of our lives. You have to be strong enough to ask questions, which kind of brings me to a second step that you could take, and that would be to find a local Orthodox rabbi that you can sit and talk and feel comfortable with who is willing to teach you Torah for a Noahide. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, to, to say that you have to also realize that there's not a lot of rabbis who would you could categorically call experts. They themselves are now uh, figuring out what it means for a gentile to be righteous. The the, the Talmud talks about it. Rambam's Mishat Torah talks about it. It is written about. It it is, is available. But we need the minds of people who have had thousands of years to understand this over the generations, to be the ones that are our teachers. Thus, the importance of having a priestly nation. Uh, A priestly nation is of no value if there is no congregation. A congregation is of no value without priests, without leaders, those who can teach. That would be my next suggestion, is to uh, attempt to find yourself a rabbi that you feel comfortable with that you can can really talk with from a personal feeling standpoint. It's not you're going into uh, with a measured conversation. You want to be able to communicate deeply with this particular individual, and sometimes that's not possible. Another uh, means that you could do is Noahide Nations has an online virtual Torah learning center where you can actually go in and listen to rabbis teach Torah. You're able to interact, you can ask questions, they respond to the questions. If you're not able to get into an area where you find a rabbi that is a, a very, very knowledgeable of the Noahide laws, then I recommend you go to some place that is. And yes, it is online, and yes, you're sitting behind a computer, but you know what? You're being fed, and that is what is the most important part. So I would take that as kind of a big second step, because that in and of itself takes a lot of courage
0: absolutely and you talked about feeding yourself it's important not to only feed yourself intellectually but spiritually as well if you're on life if you're not in, a, in, a, in an area where you can have other noahides to pray with or even a, 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 a rabbi to uh, interact with um, to, to help gain this this spiritual connection the spiritual feeding then uh, one thing again I would say to go to Noahide nations there's actually on Shabbat. There's a, on Saturday, uh, George Brock and his group, they actually have available their Shabbat morning service. So you can actually go in there, you can do the prayers, you can sing songs, and you can have a certain level of fellowship no matter where you are. You just have to go in and, and, and be there. So it's a very nice thing to experience. It's something that you can connect to.
1: Right, you know? right. In fact, I've gone to that myself, and they do blessings, they say prayers, they uh, sing songs, and George uh, teaches. George is a great teacher. In fact, uh, we just Jim and I did a recent interview with him talking about uh, his process uh, of teaching. And we've already gotten, you know, quite a few email responses on on George. You know, many want to join his group, but they're, you know, unfortunately, geographically, that's not going to be able to happen. But Uh, they can
0: join this group online. Exactly.
1: And with technology the way it is, the old saying, where there's a will, there's a way, can now be realized. And that's... What I would kind of take as a a kind of a third step in this whole process, and that is if you can find yourself somebody who is a Noahide, somebody like me, somebody like Adam. We have a Noahide Nation's Yahoo group where there's a lot of Noahides, there's a lot of Jews, and this is what we talk about. What does it mean to be a Noahide? Is this halakha? Is this not halakha? So that's a a good way to go. And through that, you may find some people that you can really relate to and maybe email them on the side and maybe exchange phone numbers. And then you start talking to people, asking questions and, and sharing your thoughts and ideas and opinions and experiences. This is what it's all about, my friends. This is how you grow. You can't grow by sitting and doing nothing. But I will also guarantee you that along the way in this growth, you will finally learn what it truly means to be set apart. Because when you finally come to the truth and you share with your family, your friends, co-workers, and whether or not you share it with your co-workers or your friends is entirely up to you, but certainly you're going to want to share it with your family because of the relationship you have. I mean, they're family. But when you start telling them that you're not going to be doing Christmas any longer, you're not going to be doing Easter any longer, and I'm going to start honoring Rosh Hashanah, I'm going to start honoring the Pesach and the Exodus of Hashem's people, these are the things that you're going to be doing. This is earth-shattering, to members of your family. They're not going to understand. They're going to feel alienated. They may even attack you. I mean, it is literally a roller coaster ride. But when I was going through this roller coaster r- ride, and I know my wife will say the exact same thing, this really helped us to grow while at the same time learning truly what it means to be set apart. Because in essence, that's exactly what you're doing, is setting yourself apart. You're not saying, I'm better than they are, or I'm not better than they are. I am different. My belief system is different. This is the truth that I know and believe to be the truth, and that is Torah, Hashem's Torah.
0: And you know, as long as you are treating your family and friends with respect, as long as you are recognizing that they are where they are, even if it's not where, if, even if it's not where you are, as long as you as as long as you're doing this, this doesn't mean that necessarily everything is bad and gloomy. Um, you know, I've had a number of my 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 family have actually kind of come around to this idea of the Noahide laws over the years, and it's because of um, they have they for themselves have gotten curious. What is Adam is is always going on about? What is this Torah stuff? What is he what is he so crazy about? Because of their sincere, you know, love and care for me, that they start learning and they go, "Wow, you know, Adam's right. This Torah is not so bad." And so, it's not that becoming a Noahide necessarily means that you no longer have a family, you no longer have friends. But depending on how you handle it, (laughs) you know, it it can be a positive experience, it can be a negative experience, it can be a horrendous experience. It really, in some ways, it depends on how you. I know that one of the the worst um, things that a person can do as a new Noahide is to take up the hammer of truth and justice and start <laughs> whacking everybody in the head with it. And it, more often than not, it happens. And I think that what happens is they get so excited, they found this truth, and they, uh, they've, they've got this truth now. And, and in some ways, also, sometimes they feel like they've been lied to from where they came from. But well, they just—they become so zealous that they start walking around, and you know, it's, just, it's like that game at, at uh, Chuck E. Cheese's where you—you you hit the molas it's coming, right? Out, you know, right, right, you start right. You're pounding the, the and sticking <laughs> his head out. And you know, if you're doing that, if you're approaching people like that, then obviously they're not going to want to listen to you or have anything to do with you, and it'll strain your relationship. You, uh, your wife or your husband is a Christian, and then you become a no-eyed, maybe setting down the law and telling them what they can and cannot do because you command it.
1: Yeah, that's not, not going to work. <laughs> not going to
0: work so much. So it's just a it's a it's a it's a question of, of knowing how to interact with people. You know, just treat them like they're people. Treat them like you're, they're your loved ones, and just be very patient because somebody was very patient with you. Somebody was very patient with me.
1: You, you make a, an excellent point because one of the other things you need to realize is that we were for the most part raised in, in Christianity. And what's the number one goal for every congregant in a Christian church? Is to go out and save everybody that you encounter. So it's a natural reaction to this emotional feeling of the discovery of truth that you're feeling is that you want to go out and share it so that you can save everybody. Believe me when I tell you, you don't need to do that. The more you study, the more people Hashem will bring to you. And you become an effective uh, advocate of Hashem and His Torah. And they will listen. And not only that, by living your life as a righteous Gentile, that's kind of what it means to be a light into the nations from the Jewish people, is we are to emulate them where we can to be righteous Gentiles. Well, if, if we are you know, walking around in this world, and most of our associations are with Gentiles, and we are living righteous lives, is that not going to be a curious thing for people around us? Well, of course it is. And the people who have that spark, that strong desire, they're going to start asking questions. And once they start asking questions, then it's up to you. And that's all you have to do. You don't have to go uh, standing out on the corner ringing the bell. Have you heard the word of God today? Nothing to do with that. That's not what this is about. It doesn't need to be because Hashem puts it on people's hearts and did so at the point of creation, the creation of all the souls. That spark exists, it's there, it doesn't need your help. It will come out and come to you on its own. I like to refer to it as shedding my, my previous life, shedding the baggage of Christianity, shedding the baggage of, of the messianic way of life. But while I'm shedding that baggage, I was also filling it with Torah. And that fear of losing your salvation also is, gets shed, And what happens is you replace that fear with awe of Hashem.
0: You know, it's good that you bring this point up, Ray, because I'll tell you, if there's one thing I've seen that has been a big mistake that people make, it's giving up their previous religion, say Christianity, and then from that point on, the goal of all of their study, all the energy they put into their study, is how to combat Christianity. Because what happens is they're not filling themselves with Torah. They're not really you know they're not sustaining their soul. They're not building themselves up. They're, they're what they're doing is they're going out there and they have they're living in a world of negativity. Right. Your existence becomes one of attack, attack, attack. That's not what you should be looking for.
1: It's not healthy either. So, folks, hey, it was great uh, having you with us this week. Shavuotov, have a wonderful week. And in the meantime, please, please always look to the heavens for your help from Hashem because He is your strength, because I guarantee you, He is always looking out for you. We'll see you next week right here at Noahide Nations on IsraelNationalRadio.com.
0: Shalom Yotzia. A daily dose of Torah, the Kitzur Shulchan Aruch, the Art Scroll Sidor, Once Upon a Story. They're all available at Art Scroll Books, the last word and first address for quality Judaica. Just click on the Art Scroll banner on the top right of IsraelNationalRadio.com. Try a taste of spirituality at Artscroll. Shop our virtual online book catalog, Art Scroll and Israel National Radio. Point, click, learn. Israel National Radio
1: We call them God's warriors
0: We do not live in Occupied territories But rather we've been preoccupied with this land for 3,000 years Its biblical name, Judea and Samaria And we are indeed Determined to settle the land So thank you CNN for making sure that everybody knows that we're Home to some of the most zealous of God's Jewish warriors Israel National Radio